What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining us today is the super talented Chris Bier. Hey, what's up? And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, show topic ideas, artist suggestions. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. TikTok. MoGraph.com. TikTok. Make sure you check out our TikToks. We got more stuff coming. <laughs> if you like potatoes... Telling you how to potatoes. use Cinema 4D. Yeah. That's that's what's up. Uh, so send us stuff. We wanted to hear from you. We got uh, some crazy, uh, weird schedules and things coming up here, so we're going to let you know what's going on. First of all, Friday, we're going to have a show. Yes. It's going to be a live show. Yes. So that will be on Friday Live. If you want to catch that live, that will be basically next week's show a little bit early. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, of course, you'll just get the audio file on Monday proper <laughs> as usual. The following week, though, that Monday is when we are going to be coming back from camp mm-hmm. uh, on our flight. So that is obviously going to be too hard for us to have a show. So there will not be a show that week. Uh, so make sure you do a daily that week, you know, in that time. <laughs> Just yeah. slot that time anyway, right? And um, and send it to us. And uh, so what we'll probably do as well, so you can listen to this while you're doing your daily, is we'll do an evergreen, one of our uh, specials or something that hasn't been on the podcast stream. So you can check that out. Now, uh, that covers that. Uh, the week after, Ryan Summers will be here to do a wrap-up of camp. We're going to have a conversation about how it went and things we learned and all of that kind of stuff. And then the, I believe the following week is our 300th episode, which we still have no idea what we don't we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be sorry, Evan EJ. Sure. Why not, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be... No, there might be one in between there. Here's a question, Dave. Here's yes. a question. Now uh-huh. that I'm thinking about it, uh-huh. what happens if you have a baby in that time? <laughs> if I, well, then we just adjust. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it depends on where it falls, too. Like, if, if we have a baby on a Tuesday, I might be able right. to make the next Monday show. You know, be tired. Hours. But yeah. I'd be tired, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, because we might be having the baby early. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So. Uh, it's going to be uh, just check the check the social media schedule. Yep. You'll see how it's going. <laughs> Asterisk schedule yep. subject to change. So uh, anything else? Yes. Uh, uh, oh, oh. So first of all, Luis, I hope you're okay. Yeah. Uh, Luis is just happened to be in New Orleans on vacation when yeah. that hurricane decided to go through. And he Has the hurricane to, he gone through? Is it, like, is it like done? I believe so. I don't read the news. I think he's okay. He said he was okay like yesterday. And then uh, we went to California this yeah. week. It was kind of the first time we got on a flight and went anywhere. It was kind of weird. Mm, like, I don't think it was too bad. I don't to like Southwest's new... I don't of, like their, their new planes. Like that air just oh, does it. not blow. Like I need it to. Oh. I need it to like just. Con- I need my True. hair to be totally messy because it was just blowing on my hair the whole time. You know, because when you're in a mask, especially like you, you need that, that airflow. Flow, you know, yeah. And it's like the you old feel like planes. They'll just. They'll just. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway. So, uh, yeah, we went to California, and we uh, we went to Maxon to prep for NAB. NAB. All that yep. gear has been collecting dust for a Literally. little bit. So kind of getting yeah. back in that mode. Matt, you got to learn a whole bunch more about uh, live streaming. Yep. Yep, and yep, such, because yep, yep. I won't be able to be at NAB. So, um, so you and Nick will be running that. We will be running the show, Nick. yes. And uh, so we got to see a bunch of people. Matthias, we saw Rick, mm-hmm. we saw Paul. Uh, who else saw Kevin for I a see split Kevin, second? Yeah, there. for a split second. Yeah. Anyone else? I don't know. Got to see Jules. We got to see Jules. Mm-hmm. That was fun. We got to nerd out about Star Trek with Jules. Yeah. Um, Otoy. It's been a while. It's, it's been it's a fun really to see long people. time. You know, and I, yeah. like just hanging out and talking to people who we haven't seen in years. It's like mm-hmm. I got real excited about camp because the amount of conversations right. and stuff that like people are going to come back from that and feel so refreshed. Like, especially, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. 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 But oh, we got to say hi to Raj the Goat as yeah, well, we who's in the chat via via Skype. Via but Skype, we got to yes. say hi as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. Scholarship. Yes. Remember, the scholarship, we haven't gotten a lot of entries. So, we got a few. Uh, yeah. We, we got a few. But number one, I have to remind people when they say record yourself mm-hmm. and describe why you should get this scholarship that's what it means like yeah. you in front of the camera mm-hmm. so the link isn't to your demo reel yeah except on the houdini one it specifically extra asks for your demo reel but again back to motion designers not following instructions or reading things reading emails um, reading emails you have to like submit a video application of why you should get this scholarship. And mm-hmm. I believe only a few people have actually followed those instructions out of the people who have entered. So Nine, 90% of getting, getting a job is actually following instructions, right? Right. So, <laughs> uh, just wanted to put that out there. We've had a lot of unreal submissions, not as many Houdini ones. And, yep. um, so just, uh, go to mograph.com slash scholarship. You can check it out there. If you want to apply, if you know somebody that might not be able to afford something like uh, one of these courses, especially when it has to do with other countries, because the mm-hmm. the um, price you know, for entry the exchange is a little rate, bit higher. The, yeah, yeah, it you know, and there's no great way to really rein that in. So we're trying to do some things like offer scholarships. Um, <laughs> Pickle Nick says we should make an explainer video. <laughs> on how to, I, yeah, all right, Nick, I feel get like on we that. need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you didn't read it, the instructions, then, you don't really want it, right? Right. Which is about twenty people coming to camp, I think, oh, or so. There's still people that have not acknowledged that they have to be vaccinated and show proof of vaccination. Yeah, or the COVID uh, COVID test. Long form PCR, is, yeah. whatever it's called, within three days. We so. have, we have, uh, we have. As of right now, I think there's going to be like 127 people, and only 113 mm-hmm. have actually, you know, signed it, saying they acknowledge. It's like, all right, I sure I hope, hope they don't show up and like, oh, I have, we have literally said it like a million five times. or six times we have sent several emails yeah. and reminder emails and people who didn't, we're gonna start texting yeah. people <laughs> one by so. one like 
it, tell everybody you know who is going to make sure that they know this information yep. and that they have acknowledged it in that form that we sent because mm-hmm. we just don't want people showing up and having to be turned away because we yeah. cannot let you into the camp without one of those two things. Let me see if I can I can so, call out anyone on the uh, who's and, in the and chat. And the other no, thing is no make one. sure that you schedule these ahead of time. I've mm-hmm. got to say because of the uptick in Delta, because more people are needing these tests for certain mm-hmm. reasons, if you have to get a test, make sure you are on there and scheduling it out now. Yep. Like uh, and And make sure you schedule it for three days out. Like mm-hmm. right away, go to CVS, Walgreens, whatever you got to do. Make sure uh, because the the wait time to actually get in for the test is getting longer. So uh, that covers that. You want you have any more updates as far as camp goes? Um, yeah. So Oregon just uh, uh, updated their COVID protocols. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're getting hit pretty hard down in the south. Not so much in Multnomah County where uh, camp is happening, but uh, a lot of counties down in the south. It doesn't worry me too much, like, but uh, uh, we are, you know, we do have to follow the Oregon uh, uh, rules and stuff. So they did just mm-hmm. announce an an outdoor mask mandate when social distancing is not possible. So right. it's something similar to like, you know, like a concert or something like that. So yeah, I was going to say just, like a concert. You're just sitting a reminder, next to each we other. We will have, yeah. we'll have, you know, disposable masks and everything for people, but bring, bring some masks just in case, you know, yeah. while we're outside, if, you know, if you're feeling a little iffy or whatever, just wear a mask. If you're noticing people who aren't whatever. So, uh, also yeah, make sure and read your emails. You're, make, make sure. Yeah. What, everybody's, distance outside right yeah. everybody's distance yeah i mean and, if, you're, it's not, if you're going on a jog or whatever you know and i'm feeling pretty safe right. that's why we put all these precautions in there as far as you know covid testing and vaccines and stuff like that you know making sure that everyone coming to camp is not at risk so right if you're outside yeah. and your distance it is mm-hmm. not it does not necessarily mean you have to wear you one have to wear a mask no that's how the when social right. distancing is not available so, so we're going to also kind of leave it up to people to kind of use mm-hmm. their good judgment and say, yes. okay, because we have the color-coded bracelet system. If somebody has yes. a red band and you're near them outside, it's probably best if you put a mask on for their yep. benefit. If they're yellow or green, probably not. They're probably not as, uh, you know, worried mm-hmm. about it and we're spaced out. So we're hoping that people will use their judgment. And yeah. I mean, you're going to know. Have, if you're outside playing the- Frisbee golf, like you know super far away from each other or something like that's not outside cluster have a little bit of compassion for your fellow mo mo graphers you know just just yeah you know watch out care about other people's feelings i i don't think we'll have a problem with that no i think we'll be um but uh uh yeah camp's only a couple weeks away we sent out the welcome packet the other day so mm-hmm. uh, super excited about that uh, on the list. You know, we put a, 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 some stuff that we, we should say you should bring as well as stuff we recommend you should bring. Um, one thing on the list that we've gotten a bunch of questions about is, you know, w- w- we, we recommend people bring a, um, a sleeping bag and a pillow. You know, uh, the reason why we recommend it, and this is the only reason we recommend it, is because we don't know how cold it's going to be. All of the cabins have heaters and stuff, so you should be fine. And we're supplying, we are supplying linens to everyone, you know, which include mm-hmm. uh, a fitted sheet, top sheet, blanket, pillow, pillowcase, uh, towel. So you should be fine there. But 
if it's anything like the last linens, they could be very cold. <laughs> <laughs> a thread count of two. A thread count. Of, yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, you can I, you can uh, you can actually sand right. wood with it. Right. You know. So yeah. I am me personally, and I would not. I I I we recommend. You know, all the stuff that we're doing ourselves is the stuff that we recommend. You know, last year I didn't. I yeah. I I relied on the linens, and I was cold. But of course, we also didn't have heating in our place. You know, this one does have right. heating. So, and it was also a lot colder. It's not it was a lot cold. colder. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be a lot better. <laughs> Thank God. You know? it so was so um, cold. But yeah, uh, I'm recommending everyone bring a sleeping bag and a pillow. You know, just to just so you'll be more comfortable. You know, and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be prepared. Yes. You know? And the with scout. the welcome packet, um, I'm not. If everyone saw it, they saw we are actually bringing in a uh, a gourmet coffee cart um, mm-hmm. every morning, uh, 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 Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for everyone to uh, pick up a nice coffee or you know uh, uh, tea or even a hot chocolate if you'd like. You know? Or a smoothie. They have a daily smoothie drink. Oh, they do. They do okay, I, I didn't know well. about that too. Yep. Yeah, see, that's only like great. one, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Mark says in the chat here that the weather's nice. looking primo. Upper seventies daytime, upper fifties. Oh my gosh, it's gonna that's going to be perfect. So you know, bring a hoodie, yeah. bring a jacket. Um, if you don't have one for some reason, you're crazy and uh, you need to purchase a Campmograph uh, hoodie or jacket. We may have a couple left over for purchase. I hope they do pumpkin spice. I'm going to get my, I, I bet they will. my pumpkin I bet spice they will. on so, my yoga yeah, and, pants. You and know? All, those, all those are provided by us. You know, you don't have to pay for any of them yourself. So we're, The coffee's we not the it. yoga pants. The coffee, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what else? What else camp-wise? Uh, just make sure you read your emails. Think you know, that's it. Um, the shuttle shuttle service is shut off, I believe. Or maybe it was yeah. first. But it doesn't mean we can't squeeze you in if possible. There, but it, the problem there's is there's a lot that we of people one... coming in between ten and noon. That's right. that's, that's our biggest problem. concern. The... Everything else is yeah. pretty open. So if you haven't gotten us, you know, your shuttle schedule, like just Send it in, and we'll try and squeeze you in as much as possible. The shuttle only holds so many people. You know, it's not like a big. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if we got your shuttle yeah. request after the official shutoff, you might have to wait till the next shuttle. Yeah, or take an Uber. Because honestly, the Ubers Uber aren't that expensive. Yeah. You know, uh, like yeah. it, it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be up to you what you want to do. If you want the full experience, then maybe wait for the shuttle. Oh, you know? and for uh, but, those who. Um, uh, we we just started a uh, a Discord for camp um, for those who are oh, yeah, interested. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where to find it. Where sh- where can I? F- we'll get the info for the show notes. Going. Mark maybe Mark can send yeah. it over, or maybe yeah. we'll put it in a private thing for camp. Oh, I don't uh, know. Julie said she just texted you, Dave, for the uh, the the thing. Anyway, uh, oh, okay. but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about it, and we've got. I think I think we have everything. Oh man, I can't wait for y'all to see all the fun oh. swag we got and stuff. She said uh, they have two different pumpkin spice oh. drinks. <laughs> just in case you were, okay. it's not about the Discord. Nervous, it's about the pumpkin spice. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, and the dis- I got the Discord info in Slack. Ironically, here, yeah. so I'll put that in the notes. And then uh, the other thing I was going to say is, if you're going to do photography, if you're going to get some videos and stuff, we yeah. would absolutely love for you to tag us in totally. everything. 
all the stories now internet is limited Inter- i get that yeah but when we you will get a have chance- i believe uh, don't quote me on this but uh, uh there will be internet at the front of the building there will be internet maybe in the cafeteria area and then beeple has internet in his cabin over in the rotary well, of village. course so of course well does. we specifically put him there because we knew there was wi-fi there you know right so yeah. um but we'll, yeah, we'll, um, we'll I have would to not, do priority for anybody doing a daily. I would not that, count be, on having cell phone service. That's right. a bit, like you're coming to relax. I, I'm pretty sure we couldn't get cell phone service when we were there. Yeah. So uh, get I your would not, Skype account ready. Just yeah, get your case. Skype or or uh, <laughs> yeah. Wi-Fi calling. I think you might be able. to Yeah, do. Wi-Fi calling. Um, yeah. Yes. And I was going to say too. Uh, so Jeremy and I have been working on stickers as well mm-hmm. uh camp mograph stickers for your stories so we'll keep you updated oh, fun. on that because fun, 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 so fun. you can That's you cool. know have some fun camp stickers yeah maybe we'll do so. some tiktok dances at some, <laughs> some camp oh TikTok god dances. yeah that's Very the funny. other thing is uh tiktoks as well we were talking about you know doing some tiktoks yeah at the same time i don't yeah. know you can't really share tiktoks the same way that no, you would you like can't. a story but you know maybe we could like just make sure you save them to, to uh, where they're savable, where you can download yeah. if you do a TikTok. That way we can put them on our Instagram stories yeah. later and just show them off. That's funny. Um, I think it's going to be great. Last year, we had 300 plus Instagram stories. Oh, man. People insane. are going to get FOMO like crazy. It. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> make I, your friends jealous. Right? Yeah. Right. That was the thing. Last year, everyone had FOMO. You know, or the last last one. You know, everyone had FOMO. Yeah. I'm 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 so excited for this camp because this like this has been two years of planning. You know, mm-hmm. like two years yeah, of planning true. and like so weekly meetings almost every single week. You know, yeah. So I am I'm Sponsors. very excited about what. Let's talk about sponsors. Yes, sponsors. So um, we couldn't have done it without all of our amazing sponsors. Big shout out to them. Make sure uh, while you're there, uh, we'll have quite a few of the sponsors there. Uh, just make sure and, you know, uh, 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 get buy them a coffee, you know, <laughs> free coffee. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> and say, and say hmm. thanks uh, for sponsoring and helping keep the price of tickets down um, and all the cool yep. swag that you'll you'll get. Um, uh, first up, we've got our village sponsors, uh, Maxon, Otoy, and Video Copilot. Big shout out to them. And then we've got our gold sponsors, Minimal Massive, Grayscale Gorilla, uh, Grayscale Gorilla and DeFacto Sound. Uh, super excited to have them on board as well. And then our bronze sponsors, A Scripts and School of Motion. So uh, lots of love to all of them. We couldn't have done it without them. So... Oh, one last thing for uh, those campers. Uh, uh, we literally just got an email saying that they're having supply issues on the linens for pillows. So bring your oh. own pillow. Yes, I know. Bring your own pillow? Bring your own pillow. Oh, that's man, the only that's thing they haven't been able case. to. Yeah, that's not so <clears throat> bad, but bring yeah. your own pillow. Well, we're, we're okay. going to try and figure this out, right. but... Uh, right. For right we'll now, for something. campers, I would recommend bringing your own pillow. But we will, we will figure something out on that, or, or we'll try our best on that. And if you bring a pillow, and then we get the pillows taken care of, then you'll have double pillows. I mean, I would say bring a pillow anyway, because if the pillows are That's anything true. like last year... I probably will anyway. Yeah. They will be very thin. Yes. That's true. You want to do it anyway. So All right. Cool. So, our last show before camp is on Friday, right? Yep. Dude. Mm-hmm. So yep. much fun. That's so excited. I am, yeah. I am excited. Yep. I am excited. Yep. Cool. So, 
Uh, that's it for the wrap ups and things. Let's uh, let's get on over to to Chris and and let's yes. get into you and everything you. Uh, number one. Uh, so you're in San Francisco, right? Yes. And um, are uh, and and are you freelance or do you work for someone specifically? I don't even remember at this point. Uh, I'm freelance. You're all freelance. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so kind of take us back and let's start at the beginning. And um, I kind of know some of your background, but uh, fill everybody in uh, mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, your schooling in particular, because uh, I think this is a uh, not not different than some than some people necessarily, but um, I th- I think it is um, most people's most people's journey is like. I was interested in MoGraph. I took MoGraph in college, and now I'm doing MoGraph. And I think mm-hmm. yours is slightly different than that. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I've been sort of in the industry for 15, almost 16 years. So I think back when I started, um, it was very different. There wasn't really uh, schools for mo- motion graphics, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even yeah, it wasn't really like. A mainstream thing, not that it is now, but it wasn't as known. Right. Um, and basically, I've I've been sort of uh, I've been interested in art my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've been you know drawing since before I could walk. And um, basically, uh, after high school, I I wanted to go to this um, this art college. I wanted to become like an illustrator, and I didn't really have much of a portfolio at the time, so I you know I was rejected. And, um, I'm, I'm from Denmark. So growing up in Denmark, one thing that's, that's great is that education is free first off. And then that's second nice. off, you, you actually get a stipend from the government to study. So you, you actually get money from the government, you know, to study and <laughs> wouldn't that know, be nice. Is, and yeah, totally. And especially in these times, we now, do too, like, but we just have to pay it back right, with right. An, an exorbitant <laughs> yeah. amount of interest. I, I know it, it's, right. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, at the time I, you know, I had just moved into like a new apartment with my girlfriend and, you know, I needed money for rent and instead of just getting like some dead end day job, uh, I decided to take this multimedia course. Um, and I'd never really been into computers or, or anything like that. And I barely, you know, I had opened Photoshop, you know, once or twice when I started, but, um, that was about it. And there, I was introduced to, to Flash, you know, and a little bit of Final Cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until, uh, so my second year there, we had a guest lecture from San Francisco. And it was part of our curriculum curriculum that, we, you know, we had to have uh, an internship. And this guy helped me get an internship with the small motion design studio in San Francisco. And um, that's basically how I got here. And I did this internship for three months. And, you know, um, I, I spent like a ton of time just watching tutorials, like learning After Effects during those three months. Mm-hmm. And that was enough to get me hired. And I think at the time, just seeing what these guys were doing, I, you know, I didn't really know much about animation. So I was just so... Um, you know, I was so enthralled by just seeing, you know, the, the effects and, and seeing like, um, you know, I, I've always been into film. So sort of seeing like how that language language was sort of translated, you know, um, in animation really like really excited me. So I just really applied myself and, you know, I was fortunate to, 
to get a job offer. And that's basically how I got to the U.S. And I've been in, in San Francisco ever since. And then I was, I was with this like small company for, uh, for eight years. And, you know, it was like, it was a good place sort of growing up in the industry. You know, I was, I was like 22 when I started, you know, and we were basically five guys doing After Effects. And then when I left, you know, we we're over 30 people and, you know, uh, lots of, you know, lots of artists doing like, you know, uh, a variety of things and, and sort of it, mm -hmm. it was great because, you know, or, or starting at a place that, that was sort of, you know, a growing company, it allowed me to, to learn a lot of different processes and, and try a little right. bit of everything, you know, where I think, you know, nowadays, like a lot of people starting out at home, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, where you don't yeah, necessarily sure. get the chance to, you know, be on set, you know, or um, do live action, for, for instance, or, or there's just certain things in studio environment that you're exposed to, you know, that, you know, you don't necessarily experience on, unless you s seek it out. Um, yeah, there were things that we used to do at this little studio we worked at, and, and it was kind of the same thing. It was like you could just... There weren't enough people, yeah. basically. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you you want to learn how to uh, be a VFX supervisor? Good, because you're going <laughs> to be working on this project, and we're going to throw you into this. Totally. Um, real quick, I wanted to skip back to you. the first school you said rejected you? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, you know, the the you know, you had to have more of a portfolio and I, I didn't really know about that. So I just sent in some drawings and mm. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing to be honest, but, um, <laughs> my first resume was 30 pages long <laughs> printed off from monster.com. Well, there you go. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's true. That is 100% yeah. true. And they still asked you to fill out all the right. forms separately. <laughs> that's funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. Was, it was so. So what? What years were you there? Uh, that you said eight years. What? What were the years? So I started back in I think two thousand five, two thousand six, or something like that. Okay. And uh, and yeah. left in in twenty thirteen. And you know, being in San Francisco, you know, all the the work is basically like tech work. And I think mm -hmm. you know, obviously, everyone works for those clients. And well, back then it was more you know, um, or at least not, not every studio in the world was working for Google and Apple, you know, back then. So, so that, <laughs> that yeah. back then it was a bit more localized. And I think after, you know, after working on, on, in that particular sector for so long and, and sort of, you know, I felt like my work was getting a little stale and I just sort of needed like to, you know, new, new challenges and obviously everyone wants to do more commercial work and title work. And, and right. I, of course, was yeah. was interested in that as well. And um, I just, you know, so so after eight years, it was it was a great place to be. And, you know, many of my friends and people I'm still friends with, uh, you know, worked there at the time. But um, I think during my time there, I was fortunate to, to, to get to know, um, a lot of freelancers. Also a lot of my friends that worked there had started freelancing. So it helped me in a way where I've never had to like, I've never had to ask for work where I would always get recommended. And when I started out, you know, I was super fortunate that, you know, a lot of my friends would, would immediately recommend me. And I think I was yeah. fortunate too, that 
shortly after I started freelancing, you know, that was back when G-Monkey was at uh, this company called, called uh, Autofus uh, in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they had just wrapped up Box back then, and mm-hmm. um, they basically brought me in to do this this Audi commercial using the same technology, and so I was fortunately I was fortunate very early on to get you know to work on some projects that that gave me a certain amount of exposure that that allowed me to sort of get to work like uh, outside of just the tech industry, and that's also why it sort of allowed me to you know uh, be in San Francisco and and work like remotely with companies like in LA and New York and and sort of have that that be sustainable. Um, you got to work with some heavy hitters too. I mean, G Monk, and uh, you worked with Ash on something. Yeah, that was it. E- e- Epoch is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, e- Epoch. E- e- Epoch. Epoch. Well, it basically started uh, like my friend Michael Rickley that that I also worked with um, at Autofus. Um, he um, he was working on the FITC uh, title sequences, um, uh, mm-hmm. FITC twenty fifteen uh, Tokyo title sequences, basically. And he brought me onto that that project, and that's that's how I got to meet Ash. Um, so that was the first project we worked on, and then we kept in contact, and then. Uh, he brought me on when he was doing, um, he was designing holograms for Ghost in the Shell back in, uh, Mm -hmm. 2016. And after that, we did like a a few, um, short films together, but yeah, we did, we did this, like, um, the sort of Blade Runner inspired, like short film called, called None using, um, uh, Vitaly Bulgarov's like you know city pack, and I think back then mm-hmm. no one had used it before, and and you know it's sort of interesting <laughs> now, it's it's everywhere, but um, yeah, now you start recognizing ele- even like kit bash right. and all that. You start, oh, I know that element, you know, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I've been really fortunate uh, that I've gotten to work with you know a lot of people I admire and and, and look up to, and I think also. I think, I guess for a lot of people of a certain generation, you know, it was back in the days when, you know, motionographer was a thing, like, like the industry was so much smaller mm-hmm. than it is today, you know, and you would sort of uh, get discovered on, on Vimeo or something. And nowadays right. it's, it's like, it's way more overwhelming and there's so much, so many talented people and so many new companies everywhere, you know, and it's global too. So. I was also going to ask you about, like you said, 2005-ish. So that's like the rise of the explainer video right. era, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like around then. Uh, wh- were you doing, during that time, were you doing a lot of 3D? Because you said After Effects. Were you kind of getting into 3D? Did you learn 3D, like cinema then? Like when did you s- discover cinema in there and how did that play into what you were doing there yeah not not immediately you know i you know started out with like andrew kramer and and after effects tutorials like like most people and then (laughs) i think it probably wasn't until like 2008 2009 that i really got into to cinema like i would sort of over time just use you know use it like or, or a little bit here and there, like learning how to extrude a logo and then sort of just mm-hmm. expanding and, and learn a little bit more. But it it took a few years before I sort of really dove in and, and fully like learned how to use it. Um, 
And I think that sort of happened organically with, because like in back in the days back then, the, there wasn't as many resources for, you know, for cinema as there is now. I mean, obviously yeah, mm-hmm. Grayscale Gorilla was, was starting to, you know, yeah. do all their stuff. But um, I think also like studio wise, it wasn't like as, as widely used as it is now, you know, back then, like yeah. all these like Maya people were still laughing at you, you know? When, oh yeah. <laughs> and 3DS Max <laughs> yeah, 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 as well. Totally. Yeah. Blender wasn't even on the, yeah, it wasn't the, on the, spectrum the radar at all. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it's very different, but, um, I think back, yeah, back in 2029 or, 2009 like 2010 i started to get sort of more more serious about it and um yeah it was you know it was very interesting times i I think i saw someone like like sikani he did a a tweet recently about like v-ray you know and Mm -hmm. like we've come so far when it comes to rendering you know just like i just remember compositing with with just regular passes you had just rendered in like you know standard Mm -hmm. render and and you know, yeah. it, it was, it was really messy back then. And, and, you know, you sort of had to, to learn a lot of compositing tricks to, to get your, your stuff to look good. And, mm-hmm. and also just like, yeah, like the stuff with the V-Ray renders, like, you know, all the, uh, irradiant caches and all that stuff. Like it was sort of like, you didn't know necessarily how your stuff was going to end up and you spent so much time like waiting on renders and like tweaking settings yeah. and yeah. Yeah, it's it's also the intuitiveness I think of of cinema that really helped accelerate yeah. a mm-hmm. lot of people, especially, especially those coming, coming from, from After, After Effects. Effects. Yeah, totally. that was yeah. yeah, that was my biggest thing as well. It's like uh, I I it felt more comfortable than any other three D three D package. Yeah, it's definitely very intuitive, and and I think also just I mean from from then on there there started to emerge this sort of DIY community, right? Where where mm-hmm. people were really interested in sharing because back then too, like mm-hmm. uh, most studios with like a Maya pipeline, they were sort of very secretive about their tricks and they didn't want to yeah. share and everyone had their mm-hmm. proprietary scripts and, and, you know, um, and software. Yeah. It was, it was awful. You yeah. know, I remember working in a studio where the senior uh, editor or whatever, or VFX person wouldn't tell anyone lower than him how to do something because he wanted to make sure he had job security and stuff, which didn't help out once he left. And I was then put in that position, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah, It's silly. You know, it's, um, I mean, and I think we see the strength in that now too, where someone puts out, you know, an, an effect or something that they've developed and then the community sort of helps make it better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's everybody learning together, everybody. And I think that's why it accelerated as well, yeah. because so many people were sharing with each other, and it just helps the entire community. It helps the whole genre of, I guess, what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, without the community, we'd still be, you know, doing 3D Max and <laughs> Maya and sure. not sharing any secrets. Right, right. So yep. that wouldn't be any fun. You know, how often do you see the, uh, you know, the the 3D Max community having meetups? I don't think so. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But, um, 
Yeah. So, um, okay. So after the eight years, let's talk about after the eight years, then you, where'd you go after that? Um, did you already tell us that? Did I forget that? Well, I, I'm old. Well, you know, so I was still in San Francisco and, you know, at first I thought, well, you know, I, or I assumed that, you know, there were, were other local companies, you know, doing more sexy work. So I, I tried to sort of freelance with as many studios in the city as possible and figured out that everyone does the same work and works for the mm-hmm. same company. So that's why I, I, I sort of tried to make more of a conscious effort to, to sort of stay away from tech and just sort of get out and, and do more commercial work. And I was just fortunate that, you know, um, just sort of by happenstance that, that I got to do some of that. Like, um, like I got to, um, work on some, some, some weird and interesting projects. Like for instance, so I had gotten to, to meet with, with G-Monk, for instance, um, about this, um, this Audi commercial, like pretty shortly after I had started freelancing, but it wasn't starting till like late, you know, uh, like six months later or something. And then in the meantime, he recommended me for this like internal job at like Google. They have this like internal department called ATAP, which is where they did all the spotlight stories. And, uh, back then, um, they had hired the mill to basically, um, to help, uh, this guy, Benjamin Mopier, who is, um, he was the dance instructor on black swan and uh, he he okay. has his own media company and he's like a renowned director now he also yeah. happens to be natalie portman's husband uh so oh, that's fine so <laughs> you know at at you know at, at the company they're they're all about this guy and they basically wanted him to choreograph and and design like um this this routine so you could like you know, have a dancing avatar on your phone and when you held it up, like, and recorded someone, like, it would use his moves, you know, to, to sort of, like, mm-hmm. create this, this sort of uh, virtual sculpture. And they brought me in, basically, to, to help design what that would look like. And um, it was sort of an interesting, it, it was like, I think my, my second job, like, as, as a freelance artist. And I was basically just sitting you know, for two and a half months, just doing like X particles and applying it to, you know, to motion capture. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to ask, is there a lot of motion capture? Were they providing you that, or did you have to figure out all the motion? Well, they, capture? they did provide me with some, they, they recorded some, like they, they had a lot of resources at some point at least, but then I guess Benjamin, he got hired by the Paris opera and I guess he sort of lost interest in the project and, eventually didn't lead to anything but um it was sort of a an interesting sort of you know early job um but like after that i've sort of you know almost uh or like after a year into freelancing i've been sort of almost like working remotely ever since and so it's it's been mostly like um yeah working with studios in la and new york and um um, and yeah, that, that's sort of remarkably, uh, it's, it's worked out without me having to move to any of those hubs, um, fortunately. And so the jobs just kind of come in from word of mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot like that in our industry, you know, like as soon as you get mm-hmm. on someone's radar, it's, it's not, you know, like 
I think so many studios are always looking for artists and, you know, like none of them necessarily communicate together or, you know, share mm-hmm. artist pools. So, you know, as, as soon as you're sort of in the mix, like you're, you know, you're pretty safe, it seems. Yeah. 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 So what's been your favorite thing to work on then uh, under freelance? Uh, that's that's a good question. I mean, I think like nowadays I, I try to focus on, on more doing just like concept uh, design and, and style frames um, and do sort of not just less of the heavy lifting, but I just enjoy that process more, you know, than, than doing sure. like production and anim- animation and um so I've been fortunate to work on, well, there's a few things I can't talk about, but there's like some new shows coming out where, uh, uh-huh. I helped design some, some props, which was really fun. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, there, there's been like, um, uh, well, Ghost in the Shell was like a big project for me back then too, also just because, mm-hmm. um, uh, or like Ash and I had talked about, like because he he knew that I was a big fan of the original film as well, so it was sort of very exciting to to get uh, get to work on it and just sort of seeing like you know because there's a lot of like great concept artists working on that film and a lot of people creating like you know some really incredible work, so um, that was a sort of very formative ex- experience as well. Mm-hmm. Do you use? Uh mostly gpu render engines like what's your what's your preferred I, yeah. i'm sure that clients need both but but what do you prefer uh yeah definitely i mean i, I mostly work in in octane um so yeah pretty pretty standard <laughs> yeah um i wanted to uh talk about this piece here which i lost the name of it uh uh the OFFFFFFFF main titles um <laughs> from uh this is 2019 yeah oh man um so i'm just gonna bring it up here on the screen so people can see it while we talk about it a little bit um and tell us about this a little bit because um i'm noticing that there's just so much in in all your pieces that um i guess show off the fact that you really understand a lot of different areas of 3d whether it's of course, the uh, the photography, like the you know the DP of the whole thing, the art direction, uh, dynamics, uh, texturing, X particles. Like I feel like you've got a handle on like all of this stuff. Um, like it, it, how do you I guess go about learning all of this? Because a lot of people become generalists. Uh, if you're like me, you're you know. Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none, but it looks like you're mastering some of these techniques and, and how do you go about learning when you're, uh, when you're freelancing and you're trying to do these projects, really pretty intense projects as well. Well, well, thank you. I I appreciate that. Well, I don't know. I would call myself sort of a, a, a Jack of all trades, like master of none where it's, I think it's so impossible to master everything. And, and I think, uh, you know, like cinema itself is so vast, you know, that you can just focus on like one aspect of, of the program and, and sort of, you know, I, I don't think I know anyone that knows everything, you know, that that's impossible, but I think knows man knows man. Knows everything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, 
But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think I've, I've spent a lot of time, maybe too much time at times, just focusing on making certain, um, you know, modeling certain, uh, certain things. And I wouldn't say that it's, it's because that I know the software particularly well. Like a lot of my models are really crappy or like, <laughs> you know, I'll often like, I'll draw most of the splines for something in, in Illustrator and then just go extrude it and like manipulate it in, in cinema. That's, so, yeah. you know, like I have, I have so many scenes where the geo is so heavy just because it isn't like modeled in like, in, yeah. you know, in, in, in the optimal way. But, um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to sort of just, uh, you know, or spending a lot of time just sort of iterating on your project projects and, and trying to, uh, you know, like, uh, not just improve, but I mean, I guess you can compare it to sort of people's everyday process that, that you're, you're constantly trying to learn and, and push yourself, you know, and, and sometimes you sort of have to put yourself in, in sort of uncomfortable situations and, and like, not like, um, you know, there, there's a lot of rabbit holes when it comes to 3d and, it's also, um, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up because there, every, you know, there, there's so many like, um, new updates, new plugins, like right now, uh, you know, like it's great that there's so much software available to you now, but to you now, but it, it can sort of be hard to, to, to focus or find, yeah, yeah or figure yeah. out like what to focus on. Um, I mean, I think I try to just, I think a, a good way to learn something is like I've made a lot of short films and, and sort of if you make a particular project and, and sort of, you know, you might not know how to make everything, but if, if you set it as a goal, you know, to, to have a certain destination, you know, it will sort of help push yourself to, to learn a certain process to, to make something specific, I think, you know, and then you can sort of go on from there. And I think, you know, I know there's a lot of talk in our community about doing personal projects and how, a lot of that work often helps, you know, inform your, your professional work will, you know, lead to, um, you know, certain people to hire you for, for specific mm -hmm. work. And, and that's, that's certainly, uh, 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 a powerful thing in our, in our industry that you can sort of shape, you know, a, a lot of your, your, you know, creative path in, in a certain regards, like, you know, it, it's just, it is tough to find the time sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what I am really impressed by is the fact that you're so good at the technical and the organic. Mm -hmm. Like a, a lot of artists kind of, I feel like they gravitate toward one way or the other, right? Like you're either really good at like super intense, like modeling, uh, you know, architectural, technical, very hard line, you know, machine made you know, whether that's uh, parts or houses or whatever it is. And then you have this whole other area, which is like flowers, organic, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I guess particles could fall into that category depending, but also things like people and faces and skin, subsurface scattering, all mm -hmm. of that. Um, was there one in particular that you started with first in those two categories and you went toward the other one? Uh, I mean, I, I spent, I think I spent a lot of time just trying to do the, the hard surface modeling stuff. I mean, I think also over my career, I've been, you know, both fortunate and unfortunate to have had to do, do a, a lot of different things. You know, um, 
I think like one year freelancing, like I probably spent like a whole year just mostly doing particle work because that was sort of what, you know, was what was requested and, and what was like hot at the moment, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily something that I'm great at, you know, but it's, it, yeah, I sort of, I know enough to, to, to do, you know, to do stuff. But, um, I think it's also like, like the stuff I know in X particles and now, for instance, like I haven't used it that much in a few years and, you know, just, just the, the, the updates that's, that's been happening in the past few years sort of, you know, are, are so extreme to com- compare to what, what was happening, you know, uh, uh, you know, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me personally, it's like, if somebody tells, asked me to, I don't know, model a jet engine, right. <laughs> and they give me all right. the specs and, and I got pictures and stuff. I'm, I'm good. I'm golden, right? Like I'm going to sit there and, and I can get technical and the math is that perfect thing, right? Like right. math is perfect and, and you, you do your shapes and your hard edges and your lines and extrudes and it's all good. But then like, oh, here, do a, a human face. It's like, okay, now I'm lost. Yeah. You know, so. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> well I mean, I'm, I'm not modeling my humans like. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not doing that. So. I think everybody just has one model base. I think that's the secret. Yeah, in 3D. You just go everybody into DAS, just, right, and then yeah, you yeah adjust yeah, it yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, everyone there's, uses DAS these days. Yeah, there's also the C4D stock face or stock bust right. or whatever, which you can adjust right. from there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still got to be good at doing stuff with that, though. You got to yeah. take that model and and do something with it. You've mm-hmm. got. Um, as especially when it comes to materials, subsurface scattering and and all of that, you know. I mean, it it still takes talent to get it to that point. Yeah. Um this is the uh this is the uh epoch with yeah. ash. Yeah. So what year was this now? This was a few years ago at this point, right? This was I think maybe that was also twenty sixteen or something. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had talked about it for a while, and I think um, I had just come off, like, a shitty project, and I think Ash was sort of in a similar situation. So we just wanted to do something creative and, and sort of, um, I don't know, you know, it, it was it was both like an experiment and trying to tell a very specific story. I mean, I remember talking, we talked about back then that, you know, no one was going to watch this, like... 12 minute, you know, like <laughs> space exploration, like short film. But, um, I mean, luckily it, it was well received, but it, to me, it, it's sort of like, it shows the power of, 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 it's a lot about like, uh, constraints and, you know, like we're traveling in, you know, in the universe, but it's mostly like storytelling through like, you know, showing a bunch of circles and then having like the shadows sort of, you know, in, inform like where, where we're at, like story-wise. And then we're, we have the spaceship that, that sort of works as like uh, a piece of iconography as well. That, that sort of like sometimes in, in certain formation, like it, it helps inform like what the, um, what the environment is like, you know, around a certain planet. So, you know, if it's in a plus formation, you know, that's, that's a positive thing. Like if it's like an X, it's, it's more like, you know, uh, uh, 
a dangerous space. So try, sort of playing, playing with that type of storytelling okay. um, was sort of interesting. And um, I think we had just, I mean, when we did Ghost in the Shell, it was like one of, it was one of my first like octane projects or, mm-hmm. you know, one of the early ones. So we were still sort of learning about the shaders and, and how everything worked back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also like a long form story kind of like, um, like 2001 would be, Yeah, yeah. it's, it's for people who have patience, <laughs> you know, I mean like that everything now has got to be a one minute TikTok. you know, right, this right. is actually <laughs> something you sit and watch like, you know, it, Nobody has the attention span anymore, unfortunately. Like, so I, I like that. Um, and uh, the other thing I was going to bring up here was uh, you've got um, the Blade Runner uh, twenty forty nine studio logos. Oh yeah. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. I'm interested to hear about this. Yeah. So because I remember seeing this. So I um, I've done like. Um I think around 2016 too. That's when I I did a few projects with Danny Yount, and um, he's always been sort of a big inspiration of mine. And he um, he called me one day, and he was like, "Well, you you know, I, I have the perfect project, you know." And it was basically the pitch for these logos, and there's a, a few other really talented artists on it, like Nick Girard and. Taurus Kose and um, like the pitch was like a week and a half and we just created like uh, a, a bunch of different material you know and we were, we were fortunate to win it but then when we won the pitch like I guess you know often on films it's um, you know uh, what when it comes to like the graphics for the film, like they, they often don't get that much time, you know, in front of the director. So, mm-hmm. so often like it's, you know, like Danny's strategy was just to create like a package of, of things and like, or create several versions. And then hopefully, you know, um, uh, Denis would, would, would pick one. And, um, so I was working in tandem with, with Toros and Nick and we made like, you know, three or four different versions of these logos. And, uh, unfortunately mine wasn't the one they, they picked <laughs> for, um, for the final film, but, um, it was, it was, uh, a fun project to work on, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, I, I guess our, our credits are still in the film, but. Hmm. And you also have a bunch of projects, I think, you know, that are, that are personal projects. And I, I think you were saying in an interview that I was listening to the other day that uh, something about putting your logo on a project, and I, I think maybe it might have been in like comparison to like doing a spec, you know, or something, right? right. Like doing like doing spec work and putting a Coca Cola bottle in it instead of just putting something else in there and putting your your brand in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I- that that seems you know. No, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, I think it was about, I mean, I think, like, these days, or back, I think back when we were starting out, a lot of people were doing spec, you know, pieces, and were thinking, like, that was a good way to get new business, but I think these mm-hmm. days, like, you don't have to show someone else's logo, and it's almost, like, less sexy if you have a big, you know, mm-hmm. corporate thing in your video, right? So, yeah, I think, 
I guess the power of the internet, if, if something looks great, it looks great. And it doesn't matter if it's a personal thing, if it's, you know, if it's a spot for the biggest brand in, in, in the world, like no one cares, right? As long as it's cool, you know, yeah. that, that's sort of the, the currency that works. And I think that's also why it's important for people not to sort of try to cater to sort of the, the lowest common denominator, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you're doing dailies, or not necessarily a daily per se, but, you know, a new piece of art that I guess Instagram would call a daily, right? <laughs> you know, you, you post it, but you really spent like a week on it or two weeks or whatever. Um, if you're going to do like a personal thing like that, generally, like, what is your goal? I, I know most people say it's to it's to learn something. But like right now, if you were to say do a personal project, would it be more about the content of the personal project for you or would it be more about learning something in particular? I mean, it's a bit of both. I think it's, it's, it's always about growth for me. I mean, I think, I think my art can always improve. You know, I think I always see sort of uh, the mistakes in all the old world work. And I think, you know, there's always new, you know, new software I want to learn, but I think also just improving at, you know, anything from cinema to, to the current packages I'm working in. I think I, I mostly work, um, I mean, not, not so much on every days, but I, I try, or I always have sort of long form projects, um, that I'm sort of working on, on the side, not that they always, uh, turn into something, but you know how you often have like shelf projects and then sometimes you sort of, um, you know, choose to, to, to sort of revive like you, them more, yeah. you know, um, you experiment a little and see if it's something you feel like could maybe go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or sometimes it's, it's like you, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you give up on a project and then, you know, you come back to it later on, you know, with, with some new energy. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it's tough, right? I think that that's sort of something we all battle, like finding the right balance be, between like, you know, professional work and, and sort of getting, uh, that, that sort of artistic satisfaction from, from what you're doing generally. Um, but I mean, I obviously I wish I had more time and, and, you know, there, there's a lot more packages I want to get into. Like, you know, I've been trying to teach myself ZBrush, but I just haven't had enough time to sort of get, you know, like really deep into yeah. it, you know, and I'd like to learn Houdini, but also that's another time suck, right? <laughs> it, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, one of those one of those things in your demo kind of looked like Houdini a little bit. Yeah, the fractal the, stuff. The fractal stuff that you had in there looked so like very similar to the the one of the chapters that we have in the our Houdini oh, course. Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've heard that a bunch. Um, there's, I mean, I think that's the power of cinema, right? That that there's certain things that you can make uh, that doesn't always always make sense, like compared to to Maya or Max, you know, like in cinema. Or cinema is way more robust, right? Where you can like nest certain mm-hmm. things and it just magically works, you know, where on the other hand, it's not necessarily built in the most efficient and the right way, you know, and it just works for this particular thing where, um, and actually making those fractals is, is very easy, you know, like remarkably, you can just like do, um, several iterations of mode extrude, like on any piece of geometry and it just sort of right, let, right, 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 right. lets yeah. you, um, um, yeah, or it, it gives a similar effect, but then on the other hand, like you can't do sort of like infinite, 
you know, multiplication or like extrusions right. like, like you can in Houdini, you know, so it's sort of like yeah, a, right. a, a ghetto fractal. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so as far as the art direction on some of these, are you doing all the art direction or is it kind of a mix of, of half and half? Um, it's a mix. I think like, you know, in recent years I've been sort of more just, um, just more focused on just getting to, to sort of do concept design and style frames in, in the sense that, um, to sort of have, you know, less responsibility, almost just, um, sure. um yeah. so, so it, it varies. Um, it's, it's, it, I've worked, um, or actually like a large portion of the work I do is, is often pitch work. So sometimes it, you know, it, it doesn't see the light of day or it's like, um, isn't necessarily what the final project is going to look like. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it varies a lot, but uh, I don't know. When, when you're building out style frames, are you building them out with the intention of like the, the person taking over that project and right. doing it there? Or are you just like, no, nah, they got to figure it out on their own. <laughs> it, it varies a little bit. I mean, for the most part, yes. Um, and, and also just, I mean, that, that's sort of, I think, Especially lately has been more of a requirement that, that a lot of studios mm-hmm. would, you know, would like to, to get your files to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. so they're production ready. Um, how much, how much like post work is involved when you're doing some of these style frames? Are you, are you trying to do everything in camera, one render off or, or, uh, how much, how much post is involved? Not, not a ton. I, I usually just do a little mm-hmm. bit like a color correction and like, you know, like, some um, some film grain and then stuff and a little bit of glow and, and blurs, but it, it's not it's not a ton. Like um, mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I, I mean, I, I used to do more, you know, render passes and all that stuff. But I think again, since <laughs> just doing style frames in, in Octane, like it's just it's just more convenient to you know to do the depth of field and everything there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah, passes just feel like such a pain when you're used to just doing that beauty pass and calling right, it a right. day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever you can do to avoid that. Um, it, it just, it really does seem like the people we're working with just less and less. It's just about, here's the final frame. There's mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not much to be comped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think so. it's also, I mean, it's, it's gotten remarkably good, right. Or compared to like, you know, how yeah. rendering used to be, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you could do those quick passes and just try something out, and right, and and you can, you know, oh, if yeah. or you can and, and rather than or sorry, 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 or, or you can even do like LUTs and stuff in in cinema, right? Or, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's like okay, I'm gonna try this pass, and before it was like you were maybe doing stuff like depth of field in post because it added to the render yeah. time. Or something, or you're afraid mm-hmm. that oh, if this rack focus is wrong, then I'm gonna have to completely re-render. But now mm-hmm. it's like ah, well, it's only one minute of frame anyway. I might as well I'll, I'll change it and I'll render it again overnight yeah, again. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, with the art direction and, and things, who are some of your influences? Is it does it come from particular? Um, people in motion does it come from movies mm-hmm. uh a bit of both like i am definitely um i'm very um i 
or I guess I, I would say I'm a big cinephile, so I've, I've always been very interested in film, and um, I, I tried to sort of work that into, like, my camera work a little bit and, and, and the colors I use. Um, like, uh, like one of my favorite films is uh, In the Mood for Love um, by Wong Kar Wai. It's this, like, Hong Kong film from, like, uh, the early 2000s, but it has, like... Um, it's like a character study in composition almost where uh, every every shot has like these layered compositions where it's sort of this like tragic love story. But uh, the way that the compositions are built, it's like constantly trapping the characters. So it's creating these sort of compositional cages and it's sort of very interesting in that way. So if you look at the film from a graphic design perspective, you know, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, yeah, just seeing, just like doing a quick Google search for it and looking at the images. It's yeah, I can see exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And then, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by by a lot of like classic science fiction as as well. And I think you know, like when I started out in the industry, like people I really looked up to were, were people like you know Danny Yao and and you know like um, Bradley and and people like that. I think Danny, like who you know when he was at Prolog, like he both sort of, uh, or, or a lot of the, the, the best people sort of worked under him and, and sort of became a new generation of, of directors. And I think they've sort of uh, set a lot of like the sort of the, the, the visual standards that, that we're working with now that, you know, this, this sort of, I like, you know, a, a lot of the work that, that sort of um, have, a mix of maximalism and minimalism where it can be like a minimal object, but when you sort of zoom in closer, it, it will have like a lot of intricate detail and, and things like that, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and obviously a lot of that creating a lot of that stuff has become, you know, so much easier again, right. With, with the way that, that the render engines have, have become better. Right. And, and just like how you can, you know, use displacement maps and, and things like that without having to model like you know um uh really complicated things not to say that you know like uh i I certainly have a lot of appreciation for when you see um stuff like cornelius's work right like um right all those yeah yeah or Mm -hmm. or you know because we're so used to having so many assets available and and which is great, but when you see someone that models everything from, you know, the speckles of, of dust in your scenes, you know, I mm-hmm. think that that's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, there was one particular scene I was watching of yours, I can't remember which one it was now, but I was thinking in the moment, I'm like, I wonder if he modeled that for this cool shot, or if it's models, or, mm-hmm. you know, kit bash, whatever it is, right? Because... It is more impressive as an artist to see something someone did. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I modeled all that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, uh, it's a little different for your general audience. They don't care either way. They don't know the difference. Right, but. right. I've got some links real quick I wanted to talk about. And, and actually, it's only one technically, but I was going to say, We've got a link to your foundation, a link to your reel. Everybody can check this out online. Uh, your interview with Motion Plus Design Los Angeles 2020. And then also the uh, Motion Design Show 
for Maxon uh, that you did oh, cool. a few months ago at this point. Uh, that was a great presentation oh, as well. So I'm going to make sure that that's all in the show notes. Um, I remember that one in particular. Everybody in the chat is just, you know, jaw-dropped virtually. So, <laughs> oh, <thank you>. um, <laughs> so check that out in there. And then uh, the, only, the only other link, uh, non-Chris-related, that I had for today was um, – that Procreate is adding 3D mm. to oh, wow. the iPad, and I just wanted to put this link. It's kind of a preview of what's coming. I don't, I don't think it's out yet, but I just thought it was interesting because that right there, adding 3D models and being able to do lighting, yeah, that's awesome, and shadows and other things. It's like wow, like where is this going? You know, when is mm-hmm. Adobe going to buy them out and include <laughs> this in Substance Design? Because right? that's what don't it feels like. Don't put that like. out in the it's universe. Like, don't put that out well, in the universe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think Procreate's going to get bought if they're willing to sell, of course. But yeah, the, having those amazing tools already, and then you're going to put in the 3D aspect of it, if they do it right, mm-hmm. just imagine where that could go. Like Substance Painter in an iPad, right. essentially. Right. Man, man. It's like Gosh, that would super be, interesting. That would be, that it, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I'm interested to see what, like, just looking at the images and stuff, it's like, I wonder what render engine they're using in order to render out the, right. the stills and the lighting and stuff like that. And is they it, get like, that are you going to be there. able to... Yeah, right. They're going to... Are they going to be able to... Are you going to be able to place lights in your scene or is it HDRI only or is it like, you know... Right. I, I don't know. It's, right. it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, people yeah. are doing some amazing work uh, in Procreate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, can't wait for Caitlin's course to come out. Yep. So close. We're so close. Um, so that's really it for the links. And, and we're going to move to MoGraph Recommends because uh, this goes right along with the art direction stuff we were talking about uh, where we're going to ask you some of your favorites and influences. These could be favorites of all time. They could be recent favorites. But uh, it's always cool to hear, especially for somebody that is is so good with art direction. Like, you know, where are your influences coming from? So, uh, the the first one on the list is going to be uh, your favorite movie. And uh, also, I've got to use the restroom, so y'all go ahead and start, and mm-hmm. I'll be right back. I tried really hard to hold it, but as usual, here we are. I, I am excited so, to hear right about back. your favorite movie. Well, um, well, I just named one, but the, another one would be, uh, I like a lot of sort of classical, like sci-fi from the seventies. So Solaris is certainly one. Um, another one is, um, uh, like a space odyssey. Um, I think, you know, I, I think I, I like, or what I like about film too is, is sort of find the, the sort of origin of, of inspiration sometimes, you know, so mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. if, if, there has been a piece that is particularly influential. Uh, I think it's sort of interesting to see where where that all started, you know. Um, right, 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 right. What um, was the influence of right. said director or, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, you know, a film like, you know, A Space Odyssey, you know, has obviously been, you know, referenced to, to, to death and, and still is, but, but I think it's sort of... Um, like I think visually, like still holds up re- remarkably, and um, I think that that sort of shows the power of of, of good design, right? When when something mm-hmm. can sort of stand the test of time, and, and um, you know, it still, you know, that that film was made uh, in in the sixties, so you know. yeah. I only saw it for the first time all the way through for the first time. 
uh, probably like six or seven years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was like, it was a beautiful film, but I remember thinking to myself, I, I have no idea how this movie got made back in the day. Right, right, you know, yeah. This would not have been greenlit in, in our current, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. current film. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely um, not not the most accessible. <laughs> you know, it's it's a very right. cold, cold movie, right? It, it's sort of like free of emotion. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's um, you know, I, I guess it, it's like it's based on you know a book, and I guess the visual effects mm-hmm. back then was you know were also I guess yes. pretty pretty groundbreaking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you got to give me the cliff notes. Uh, we're talking we were just two- talking 2001 yeah. Space Odyssey. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> well, that's that's good. That that seems fitting mm-hmm. after our conversation earlier. Brandon, what's up, Brandon? In the chat, <laughs> Brandon Parvini's here too. Um, any others? Sorry, um, I just came back, so I'm like, I've never seen Solaris that you were talking about, but it looks it looks gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's maybe. another. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Tarkovsky. Um, he, I think that that's also like the the film was remade um, back in I think like the mid two thousand or something by by Steven Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like a lot of these like classic <laughs> uh, science fiction movie from the seventies, where it's sort of about the the inner and the outer journey, sort of juxtaposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think my reverence for that film is is also a lot of like how it's sort of been an inspiration for, for a lot of films to come. And, and that's a film that that's a bit more, or compared to 2001, that, that's sort of a bit more emotional and, and sort of a bit more uh, surreal and and not so, uh, uh, like, cold. And, and you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's a bit, bit more about sort of, uh, about, like, hum- the human condition and... Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. So on, on that note, I guess we'll, we'll add TV shows in there too. Are there any similar TV shows yeah. that kind of shape that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I like a lot of the, the classics like uh, Breaking Bad and, and The Wire. Um, <laughs> um, beat Kevin to beat, it. Beat Kevin. Yeah, there you go. But um, yeah. 
But but also uh, like recently, I watched. Um, have you guys watched the the White Lotus on uh, HBO? White Lotus? No, no. Um, I don't even think I've seen that advertised. White Lotus. I think, I think it was very Maybe recently. It's it. sort of. Um, it's like a show that's set like at this resort in Hawaii, and it's sort of like a dark. Mm-hmm. Type or a dark comedy, um, but I like it, it. It has this sort of surreal factor, and it's sort of a lot about like how you know how you're in this weird like limbo when you're on vacation, and you know a lot of sort of wackiness ensues then. But um, okay, uh, it looks like yeah, I'll put oh, that okay, on my so list. it's got I I know I'm so bad with actors' names, so it's got it's got the milf from. Jennifer Coolidge, yes. Yeah, MILF. Yes. She's forever MILF, right? No, After she's, no. American Pie. It depends on where you know her from. If you well, know yeah. her from only American Pie, then yes. Yeah. But if you know her from, like, Legally Blonde, Jennifer Coolidge. Right. <laughs> it's like it's a dude from... Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah, have dude to from that have thing to you do, you've got... Uh, the intern from the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the woman from Nashville. See, that's how I. Oh, see, I only I everybody. know her from uh, I know her from uh, Friday Night Lights, right? Not mm. Nashville. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess another show I've enjoyed recently is, is Succession. You know, on HBO as well. Oh yeah, man, I've heard good things about that. Um, yeah, so good. I mean, it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also just Soon. I guess like with everything that's happened in recent years and with the pandemic and everything, just. You know, it's sort of about like a family that that's sort of loosely based on on the you know the Murdochs and and sort of mm-hmm. how these like how how percent like just sort of gets away with with most things in life, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, and the main guy in the show, Matt, will remind you a lot of our mm-hmm. old boss. That's oh, okay. So okay, imagine cool. that, yeah, mm. um, yeah. It's very. It's very good. Oh, oh my! Like all right. the actors yeah. in that show are so yeah, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, e- even uh, Kieran Culkin, oh, yeah, he's yeah. freaking <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah, definitely worth it. If if you have if you've heard of it or or you haven't checked it out and you're you're going to, this is a good time because you got just enough time to like catch up on the two existing seasons, and the third one is supposed to be out by the end of this year. That's what they said. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Um, what about music? Ah, music. Um, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of different stuff. A lot of, um, I guess, a lot of like '90s hip hop. Um, uh, or you like the classics all around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, um, I think, or I like, I like to listen to that when I'm working. You know, because it sort of, you know, yeah, it sort of gets me energized. So a lot of like, yeah. Like Tribe Called Quest, like uh, most stuff, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then I also I listen to a lot of electronic music as well, just like like chill vibes, like uh, like Shigeto mm-hmm. or, or Teeps and, and stuff like that, and a lot of soundtracks as well. You know, yeah, that's what I was going to ask because you you do these things that kind of are these these I feel like your your pieces are these epics. Right, like like title sequences and space and just epic things, and it those always require a very good soundtrack. Usually, you know something orchestral yeah, or totally. mm-hmm. 
or uh, something like that. So I, I, you know, I I love that kind of yeah. stuff when I watch it on a on a film. Oh, yeah. I just can't get myself to sit and listen on Spotify to <laughs> a soundtrack. Is that- I, I think it's also like <laughs> you know you you guys probably know this or have this similar when when you're working on something like depending on what you're working on like you know uh, you can, yeah you, you, or mm-hmm. you can listen to certain things but like for instance if I'm if I'm working on something uh, that requires a lot of like concentrations like I can't listen to podcasts or anything like. Where yeah, right. with lyrics yeah, yeah, yeah. or something, so then I prefer something that's a bit more ambient yeah. or, or like you know like or like a Show soundtrack, hop. you know. So so it all depends. Yeah. But if it's something that I don't know, like a process that is more like where I know exactly what I'm doing, you know, it's like then um, yeah, then that's a little bit different. It would be interesting to my- give uh, give like five motion designers the exact same mm. project. And say you must listen to something while you're right. doing it, and see if <laughs> like they all, you know, listen to the same. Because we get a lot of the same answers. We get, you know, yeah. uh, electronic music, or it, and almost everyone says soundtracks, mm. which is really interesting right. to me because I'm not I'm not a big soundtrack yeah. guy. You know, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that, that's my problem right there. That's why I'm not su- why I'm a not... successful yeah, motion yeah. designer is because I don't listen to enough soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna make yeah. all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> there's I, mean, I definitely like I have a soundtrack um, I don't use it as much anymore but I, I had a soundtrack or a, a playlist that I would listen to if I had to get yeah. something done quickly right mm-hmm. uh, it was mainly like when I was working for someone it's like okay you've got one hour to finish this so you can get out the door at five o'clock that mm-hmm. kind of thing put on that crazy Skrillex remix mm-hmm. like like just the super super upbeat EDM just like pulsating pounding like right. gotta get it out the door i don't know why but well also i think a lot of soundtracks aren't necessarily as like you know it's not like all like john williams or sort of like the old old school you know where you have a certain theme yeah. you know like a lot of like like trent Reznor's work for instance is more like contemporary electronic music uh often um mm-hmm. yeah the uh the uh the the uh, speaking of Trent Reznor, the uh, social right, network right. Uh, soundtrack is is yeah, one of yeah, the best. And, and similarly with the, <laughs> the the girl with the dragon tattoo, which he made as well. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the soundtracks now too are some of them are that mix between right. orchestral and like I don't. It's not necessarily EDM, I guess. Like something technology. Like there's a little bit of weird ambient like noise like Blade Runner right, right. that kind of sense. thing right I don't know <laughs> it's hard to describe but you know it when you hear it um, the next one on the list is actually is podcasts um yeah it's uh, like in in periods uh, I will listen to it's not something I listen to a ton but you know I've been I've been catching up on some of yours recently and. Um, I sometimes listen to cool, the A twenty four podcast. So A twenty four is like this this mm-hmm. film studio, and they have a podcast where they let uh, different film inter- or filmmakers like interview each other or, or actors. So it's like you know maybe two actors that worked on the film, and they sort of interview each other about it, or uh, different directors interviewing each other. So 
Um, that's sort of some interesting insight. And let's see. Um, yeah, Mark says we. If you ever listen to the Seinfeld soundtrack, just bass for slapping for like three. Hours. You imagine trying to do Cinema 40 and it's like for like three hey, hours. Might help some. Yeah, right. <laughs> might help me get done faster because right. I need it to right. stop. Well, whatever yeah. works. Yeah, you must listen to this until you are done with your project. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, any other podcasts? Uh, uh, I listen to the visual effects show sometimes. Um, they sort of, you know, break down uh, a lot of movies, and then they'll talk like about the movies briefly. But then they sort of break down like all all the visual effects, you know. And they have like three three guys basically that that sort of are are from different parts of the, the visual effects industry, and then they'll sort of break down like everything like really like you know um or very specifically you know and they, they often they've talked to the different houses working on on the different shots is there video is there video on that no or? it's like um uh i think it's like bfx or fx phd or something that that ho- that hosts the podcast or something um oh, okay yeah i wasn't sure if they were like going into video or doing like we do which is just trying to describe yeah no, they, they just sort of talk about <laughs> Via. Um, yeah how, how the, the yeah. different things are made so uh besides render engines what is your favorite plugin uh probably uh sapphire um it's sapphire it's, yeah. all right that's a different answer. Why? Why sapphire? Um, it's 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 like those little things. It's just like the the glows and the blurs are are just a little bit nicer. You know, it's it's a little expensive though, but um, it's it's worth it. You know. Um, yeah. And what about um, uh, what was your app? What is your muscle memory app right now muscle on your phone? Muscle memory app. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You pick, what, up, your automatically, you pick up your phone immediately. What you you what open you it without to. even thinking. Uh, uh, probably email or Instagram, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's see for me, it's been yeah. TikTok. Can't stop. Yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah I, I have not gone yeah. gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Be man. careful! It's a it's a dangerous. It'll rabbit suck hole. in. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's. Um, what about, it's like depressing yeah. every weekend when you get that like notification about like how much screen time you've used this week. Uh-huh. Oh, I know. Yep, my Mine screen time really has high. gone up significantly since yeah. installing that. Yeah, we just got a new puppy this weekend, and um, I have found that I had no time for TikTok <laughs> because the puppy <laughs> requires lots of yeah. attention. So I was like, I'm I'm interested to see what my screen time looks like at the end of the week. You could TikTok a puppy. Nah. <laughs> you TikTok the puppy. And do the little voiceover thing with the voiceover woman. <laughs> right. I got a new puppy this week. <laughs> OMG. It is so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Pri- pri- oh, priorities. Come on, Matt. Make us some TikTok. No? No. No? No, no TikTok? I, right. I, have, I have drafted like eight, you know, eight different TikToks, but I've never submitted any of them. Oh, you, know? you gotta put them out there. Well, it was, it was like, it wasn't me personally, so I want, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do this TikTok where you know, I show my kid puppy videos 
because he would always laugh at the puppy videos. So I've got like eight drafts of my kid duetting puppy videos and just laughing the whole time. It's really funny. Yeah, you should put it out there. Whatever. Nah. Just got to dive in, man. Dive into yeah. the TikTok. Yeah. Nope. Uh, <clears throat> video games. Do you play any? Uh, no. Not, uh, not really. Not going to um, join our Halo group then, no. huh? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no. I I don't know. Like, I've, I've always had a lot of friends that were really into it. Just never really... Um, I just never really committed, I guess. I think it, a lot of it's just, like, knowing that, that it's, like, a time suck and, you know... Uh, yeah, it's hard to find the time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, that's why I don't play any new video games for the most <laughs> part. It's always just yeah. Halo and the new version of Halo or GTA and the new version of GTA that will never come out. So. <laughs> nice. Why do they need to? They're making money off a of curtain GTA. I know. Yeah. Uh, life hack and the uh, the usual example for this is that you turn your toaster on its side for some bomb-ass grilled cheese. That's uh, what Mitch Myers does. Now, this could be a life hack that's like something, you know, like the grilled cheese, or it could be something actually super useful. You know? Mm, that's, that's a good question. Uh, be like organizational uh, tips or I, uh, work tips or, you know. Uh, you know, I guess if, if you're in cinema, you know, if you, you hit control D and, and go to your, your settings like um, there's uh, and then click on this tab called key interpolation if you then there's a check checkbox um, that's called uh, overdub if you check that box off then uh, basically every time you overwrite a keyframe it will um, keep your interpolation so let's say oh. you're you're doing camera animation you know and you're adjusting your curves and stuff so let's say you you know that you yeah you set a new keyframe you know it will you know keep your old interpolation so so that's sort of a lifesaver sometimes when, when you're oh, animating man i need that i i i'm glad you brought that up because that happens to me a lot like yeah. you set something you got to put like you're doing a camera move in particular yeah. right like you set up a camera move you want it to be linear cuz most of the time your your camera isn't going to like crawl to a stop it's just right. this one linear shot and then you like have to adjust it you hit the keyframe and then you forget that it put it back to bezier yeah, like yeah. it eases it in weird or something yeah like, totally yeah Okay, that's a good um, one. Yeah, that is. And I mean, I guess otherwise, just go outside. You know, get away from your computer. <laughs> right. We get that one a lot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> go to Camp Mograph. Go to Camp. Yeah. yeah. E- exercise. Just yeah. Get get away from the computer. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That is. That's it. That is all the Mograph recommends stuff. Yes. So I think we're uh, just about ready to do the drop. Matt, are yeah. you? you I'm feeling ready. It? You, Let's do you it. Ready to go. Yep. Alright, let's do the drop. The drop. Drop, drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. What's up, and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly source for all things NFT and crypto art, as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I'm Matt Milstead. Joining me, as always, is Dave Koss. And joining us, us this week is Chris Bear. I believe I said Yo. it better this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Had a little bit of practice since. Um, sweet. Um, I was very excited about the drops this week um, on Nifty and stuff because they are only doing one per day and even skipping a day, which is cool. And they got a new website. Um, 
Oh, yes. If y'all have not seen the new Nifty website, oh, y'all are missing out. Mm -hmm. I am very impressed with uh, the way this looks. They, uh, they're going for that, uh, that, uh, that foundation aesthetic. So mm -hmm. with the rounded corners and like, if you actually like click on marketplace, looks nice. Dave. Looks nice. Oh yeah. The marketplace. Click on marketplace. Looks nice. Yeah. Marketplace is really nice. Pretty. Like that. Look so at this. Search. Oh, look, they actually have the artist search artist. You can actually yeah. do it in alphabetical order Ooh, now. Sorts. Oh, look at all this. Now I will say that this one right here. This one's only priced at $7.7 billion. That's the lowest <laughs> ask right now for this. That's, uh, this that's is last a, week's. Uh, um, yeah, we talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah, those were really pretty. $7 billion, yeah. huh? Seven, yeah. Mm, well, I call scruples on right? that. But, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, a um, uh, bunch, of, bunch of cool drops this week. Some, uh, some veterans, some nifty veterans. You know, as well. Um, first up, we've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna botch all these names, so I apologize. As usual. Um, oh wow, Alexis is... uh, Christodonolu. Wow, that's I, a toughie. I, I, it's a toughie. Yeah, yeah. Christodonolu. Just blanket apologies across the board. Yeah, blanket just apologies. write that in really the fine print stuff. underneath the stream um, all the time. Just apologies uh, for the mispronunciation. This one had a burn redemption. Oh yeah, yeah. As well. Mm -hmm. So one of these and I'm I'm seeing this as a common theme um uh uh that people are doing and it's, you know, to to make things a bit more scarce. Uh a bit more scarce, yeah. So uh uh, uh Alex uh, Alex Alexis had a, a burn thing like last week so you burn some of their pieces and that will give you a chance to get into one of the drawings on this one which is pretty cool i think that's i think that's neat so uh yeah yeah that one is today uh next up we've got uh john von hammersfeld okay Woo. so um i Ooh. i right. uh so the thing about john john yeah so i just put the website in um, because John has not updated his Twitter since 2017. And yeah. normally, normally, you know me, I would skip it. Right. But the thing is, um, uh, very famous artist, uh, actually did the, uh, uh, uh has done album artwork for a, a lot of amazing people like Rolling Stones, Jefferson Airplane, uh, the Beatles, and uh, so, kind of, kind of a historic drop, which I think is very cool. So, could be uh, interesting. I don't even know what that is, Dave. So that looks <laughs> great. Like that, that style yeah. looks so familiar. Yeah, so familiar. So yeah. anyway, right. um, very cool artist doing a drop on Nifty. Uh, that is September first. But is tomorrow. this the guy who did albums? He did like the uh, a Beatles album. It was Yes, 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 yes. What Beatles so, album? Let me look it up, and I can see exactly uh, which album he did. Um, he did Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. Uh, and also Wild Honey by the Beach Boys, Crown of Creation, Jefferson Airplane, um, tons of stuff. Skeletons from the Closet by the Grateful Dead. I mean, that one is super iconic, that one right there. What, is that the one with the bears? Or no? No, it's the best of the Grateful Dead, you know? Hmm. 
Okay. So good. Anyway, um, yeah, so that, that drop is on the first, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and then on the second, uh, I'm going to make up, mess up this name. It's uh, just Recode, right? Recode, yeah. Recode, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Recode, that sounds about right. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes you're like trying cool. to get too, too creative with it. It's like, right, Recode. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's Recode, probably. Recode. Yeah. Right. So, cool. Uh, I don't know if this is actually like, like motion tracking along with 3D. That or, looks like a uh, 3D building. Kind of looks like it. That's yeah. The, the textures are looping in some places. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, cool MoGraphy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is on the second um, oh, cool. recode. Yeah. Uh, next up on the fourth, uh, they're skipping the third. On the fourth, you've got Maggie West. Maggie is a um, she is a uh, she's like a photographer and she does like all these really pretty like installations and stuff. A lot of flowers. Um, so, yeah, a lot of flowers, very vivid, and uh, really interested to see what kind of uh, drop she does. Um, she doesn't update a lot on Twitter either. I was going to say, know. you know, just looking at this building, I was like, it looks like that uh, star-looking building in L.A., and I think it is. It's a U.S. Bank, yeah. US Bank Tower in L.A. We just yep. saw this the other day. Not the piece, yeah. but we saw the building. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of famous know, super cool places stuff. Really with pretty- these uh with these uh, installations, this one in particular mm-hmm. here, I'm pretty sure that I've seen this building with a bunch of different kind of fun uh, pro- yeah, projections yeah, yeah. and things on it before. So, yeah. So in, anyway, I'm interested to see uh, what her drop looks like. That's the thing. We never get any of these pre previews. Yeah, so unless they, um, then on the on Twitter, fifth, or something. Uh, Jose Delbo, um, who we've mentioned uh, 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 quite a few times, um, is also doing a burn drop as well. So there will be burn pieces available for redemption and stuff like that. So Jose, uh, uh, old comic book artist, you know, for DC and stuff like that, uh, which is cool. So Cool. Yeah, everybody's uh, burning. It. I know. Yeah. That's okay with me. I think that's, I think that's great, you know, because... Uh, uh, it it produces scarcity, you know, during uh, March, like we were talking with uh, with uh, Blake about, you know, there was there's a big rush of NFT, you know, just random people coming in and buying NFTs and stuff, you know, so some of their numbers are really high. And so doing these burn pieces, you know, from uh, these artists, you know, helps produce that scarcity again. And, and well, and you know, burning them assures that your renders are fire. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, next up for Maker's Place, uh, three artists are dropping this week. Um, and there may be more, but you know they only showed the three. Anyway, so uh, today we've got Mark McKenna. Um, I didn't take a too close of a look at some of these. So, illustration. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually, yeah, is is a really pretty illustration and stuff like that. So. Um, I'm assuming a comic book artist. I was going to say comic book artist, I, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, gotta be. You got Thor there, you know, or heavily influenced, of course. Well, I mean, it's not like it's oh, mythology 101. Okay. I mean, it's not like I think Disney tried to copyright Loki or Thor or oh. something like that. And you're like, you can't copyright you know, a Greek god, uh, uh, or a, a some Greek, sort of god, yeah, is it a Greek god, Norse yeah. god, Norse god, Norse god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like anyway, so yeah, it's funny. Sneaky, they're so uh, sneaky. 
Hey, that's Disney for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, September 1st, uh, Javier Ares. Uh, this one is called Rock. What Rock Never Dies. Oh, look at that. That's Real cool. fun stuff. Yeah, I like the I like the, the details. You know, the Beatles. The Beatles. I love all the details, all the cool little moving stuff. You know, it it it. You can feel the motion with it. You know, mm-hmm. really cool. I like that stuff. And then, of course, on the oh, second, man. here it is. Um, uh, uh, Corridor Digital is doing a drop. Uh, they're satisfying renders, and if you know oh. uh, the the one that Ren did uh, with the puzzle piece uh, sliding into place, that is in yes, the top twenty five so uh, most liked TikToks of all time. Wow! So That's, that'll be cool to wow. own that NFT. The right? top twenty five. I mean, how many likes is that's got to be? A dude, I have no idea. I don't number. know how. What's What's so funny Should is when he up? posted that. When he yeah, posted that, that. Uh, uh, someone was like, oh, uh, you should give credit to yeah. Corridor Digital. And he's like, I'll credit myself because this is my piece. Right. You know? Yeah, I'm so. looking at their account right now. Gosh. All right. So they have 129,000 followers. I'm trying oh, yeah. to find. <laughs> now, this is, is this, it's on Corridor's proper right now. Why don't I see it? Uh, I don't know. Is don't it know. on Corridor's or is, is it on, um, I don't know. Is it on Ren's account? I think it's, it's on Ren's. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's not the what same. Is his, what is or, his name on TikTok? So it's I'm looking at Corridor right now, but this is more like clips from the show and and things. So maybe Ren is separate. Surrender. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that, he's got 1.4 million views. Wow, 200 million views on that one. He's got 26 1.4 million 8, followers. Yeah. Oh. 26.8 million likes on that video. That's insane. 200 million views. That yeah, is 200 million views. God, I mean, like, hasn't been able to recreate that that same amount since. 287,000 <laughs> comments. Like what do you even That's say? Insane. What are people even saying about yeah, a comment like that? That render is Good fire. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh so. 55 years later still watching. What? <laughs> the perfect loop doesn't exist. The perfect loop exists. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah. That's awesome. Um, that's it for the major drops uh for community drops. We've got a couple people uh Brandon Parvini, one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. Um just did two new drops oh, on Foundation, right? Right? Dang-do. I know. There's yeah. another one here too. Yeah. Let me look this up. Is it mm-hmm. oh, this one here? Is that right? Or is that the same? No, yeah, those were I uh uh they're similar looking. Yeah. But I think that second one, yeah, both very, very pretty pieces. Really like it. So yeah, that's uh uh Brandon Parvini. Pick uh pick up one of those. For Seriously. 0. 0.5 yeah. Come on now. Yeah. At those you, prices Dave. you can't afford not to buy. I know. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's funny. Um, and then next, next up, uh, Noah Wool um, uh, has a drop on Hicknyuk. 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 Um, um, I couldn't get this one to play earlier. Oh, you couldn't. I don't know Let me why. See if I can get it to play, uh, I don't know why it's not playing for me either. Well, yeah, I don't. Wait, I don't understand. Oh, it's just taking. Unless a while. you're going for like a John Cage. You know, type thing, well, where it's just like... 
I think what it is is it's trying to pull like the raw MP4, and I think their server is like overloaded. Yeah, I've I've had problems with picking yuck and playing videos and stuff. See, it says mime. It's probably trying to load the original MP4. That's got to be. Yeah, you can see the full video here. I'll try and load that up. Switch back. Oh, okay. So this is okay. Yeah. So Noah. Noah. Yeah. Let's see. So that's cool. I got it loaded up now. Hip and yup. Oh, Hyping I see. Up. See, you can still type it out, and I still don't know how to read it correctly. <laughs> I see. So it's a piece from the video. So this is a whole, it's like a, it's a music video. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, he it's, was able okay. to get um, uh, permission. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's so uh, uh, Martha Rainwright, Wainwright's mm-hmm. new album, the label was cool enough to let him sell, uh, uh, nice. sell as NFTs. Nice. It's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, what else? Aliens. Uh, that's it for community. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk aliens. Oh, All right. Yeah. So, um, thevisitorsnft.com. Mm-hmm. So, with us being out of town, uh, I like, <laughs> so this became a big thing on the Slack. And so, like, it's like, oh, if you're a motion <laughs> designer, if you're a motion designer, you need to be, you need to have an alien avatar. So it's you must. really funny because the the crypto uh, the crypto art channel just blew up with tons of people, you know, buying these uh, these aliens. It's, it's you can buy them for point oh oh what is it oh four two ETH or whatever. Yeah, they're pretty affordable. <laughs> yeah, they're very affordable. It's like one hundred and fifty bucks or something affordable like that. Affordable aliens, and so. There is, there's information on how, so scroll down, Dave, just a little bit. Yeah. So these are, um, the visitors NFT. So you can buy, I think you can buy one, you know, and it's just like a random thing and, uh, uh, similar to the board apes. Hopefully, you know, you, these will be worth a lot Mm -hmm. one day. You just take the gamble on these. You you got the recycler, right? So go up a little bit for Halloween. I guess you can uh, take two of them and get a new one and then you take three and get a new one. You take six, you know? So I've been trying to buy my visitor, uh, uh, thing. So I had to transfer, I had to transfer some ETH over to like Polygon or something like that. And then, but uh, I'm now on uh, three hours and 15 minutes waiting for this uh, transaction to go through. <laughs> James is still. So I hope it. James does. is still trying to tell us how to pronounce <laughs> a yuck. Hick and yuck. Hick and yuck. 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 That's what I call it. Yeah. Gorge. So hopefully it goes through. Uh, luckily, uh, Teddy Gage uh, uh, sent me over one of his. You know, it was yeah. nice enough to just give me one of his because he bought a few. But. There's only 2,800 available, and these, these, these are like a motion designers, you know, yeah. avatar things. So beam if you're a motion now. designer, you gotta buy one. Get beamed you gotta up. Let people know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We gotta do that for I mean, the show art, Matt. Get beamed up. Get beamed up. Get beamed up right now. Just get like pretend you're getting beamed up. Okay. Just do uh, it. Okay. Now hold it. Now hold it still. Oh, move to the right. Okay, and there's our show art. See? It's so easy. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> All right. I'll find one of those that works. All right, cool. Goofiest show art. All, oh, all of the drop episodes show art are just like the, ridiculous. Go- the goofiest so ridiculous. YouTuber. Yeah, it's goofy. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, pick up your picks yourself up like a visitor uh, NFT. You can also, if you don't feel like going through all the fun randomness, you can just go pick one up on OpenSea. So uh, if you really want to do that, New but then you got to pay. Like the thing is, like so, you can either go through the hassle of actually buying them like with Matic or whatever it is. And so it'll only cost you like 150 bucks, 160 or whatever. Um, or you can go to OpenSea. So the other day someone was posting something on OpenSea and I was like, oh, that's relatively cheap. I'll, I'll pick that up. But it was a $115, you know, gas fee. And I'm like, how do, how do, how do people yeah. live like this? You yeah. know, like, and, and the, uh, the biggest problem I have with a lot of this stuff, it's like, I can't keep up. There's so much going on in the crypto space at mm-hmm. all times that like if you want to like hop in on some of these things it, it it there's a there's a hard price of entry and i mean you got to figure out all this stuff you also got to figure out what you know? what set of animal nfts are going to be the popular ones for the week right exactly right? you know i wish i had hopped on cryptobiotica you know before i got popular and stuff like that you know and then so I, when i saw the aliens and i saw everyone in the slack you know, we got 1,200 people in the Slack right now. You're feeling all, that all FOMO. All of them are aliens right now. You're feeling that FOMO. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got some ETH. I'll go buy an alien. And now I'm, I'm at, let's see, I'm at three hours and 20 minutes hmm. waiting for this transaction to go through. Yeah. But oh, I have an Oh, look who it is. Look who's here. Hey there. Oh, hey, Dorpy. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? It's all right. Huh? Uh, so I hear you guys were in uh, California this week. And, uh, <laughs> California, wow. Well, I okay. was well. Yeah, I was waiting for you to come back. I uh, started on a new NFT. This is an ongoing series encouraging dogs to burn their collars in the name of freedom. Yeah. Okay. The series call is called Unleashed. Oh <laughs> That's terrible. The first, Dorpy needs his own NFT coin. A Doge coin. A Doge. Well, yeah. yeah, but still, like, we can make our own, our own, our own Doge NFT. Yeah. So, uh, a Dorpy coin. Anyway, the the first drop, it's going to feature helper dogs. It's called Another Day, Another Collar. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Got my. my <laughs> This is my NFT. Make sure you make sure that you follow me on Foundation. This is the first one. Another okay. day, another caller. Make sure you check it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have much more than that today. That's about it. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get to the dentist because uh, one of my canines is loose. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I love how your voice always cracks when you say bye. Yeah, it does. I don't know. <laughs> It just happens naturally. Did you like? Do you like the? Did you like the the thing? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love the hand. Yeah. Is that actually going to go on foundation? I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I should put it on foundation. Yeah. He needs an invite first, right? Oh, no, he got one oh, from no. Chad Ashley. Did he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're good. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, let's let's talk about. Your NFTs, I, I yeah. see you have one piece on Foundation. Do you have pieces anywhere else? Uh, yeah, I have uh, three pieces up on Super Rare right now. Um, cool. Not, not, not really <laughs> selling much, but uh, they're, they're there. And 
Uh, I have some on Maker's Place. That's that's where I got in first. But um, how, how yeah, was they, your uh, like getting accepted to those platforms? Was it difficult or? Uh, well, not not Maker's Place back then. I mean, I got in in November. I mean, like oh, that's I early. think like like, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like everyone, you know, I you know, I I talked to to Mike a little bit. And, uh, right. Yeah, and and. I, you know, like like everyone else, tried to apply to, to all the different platforms. Um, but but yeah, I I think I got into Maker's Place within like a week and a half or something, two weeks maybe. Wow. Like mm-hmm. back then. I'm still waiting for my invite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think they've been bogged like six down months for, now for a long time. It, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I feel like you have to know someone. Yeah, I who never knows someone applying. at Maker's Place. Yeah. Right, uh, and I feel like. Uh, some or I'm, I'm seeing the the different platforms onboarding more people now, you know, mm-hmm. or at least recently, both uh, Super Rare and Maker's Place. But I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, I, I would imagine they, you know, they get a, a huge volume of, of people applying all the time. Your Maker's Place. So let's see. You've got um, okay. So you've got quite a few here on Maker's Place. I'll bring them up here and take a look. But um, these are let's see. So these are sold wow, out. Gorgeous. All of these are sold out here. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, I mean, actually, it, it took a while. Like, I didn't, well, I, I think I, I didn't know much about it, you know, at first. Like, I just put put a few pieces up on Maker's Place, and, you know, I, I had no idea that everything was going on on Twitter or anything. So they just <laughs> sort of mm-hmm. sat there for, for months. But, um um, but yeah, it, it sort of slowly picked up and, um, I don't know, it, it's, I think I, I'm sort of excited about, you know, the potential of, of N- NFTs, you know, I think it's, of course it, it would be nice to, to sell more, but I think it, I don't know, like I would, I would be creating stuff either way. So, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's sort of an interesting you know, opportunity, and and I'm sure as as the space grows and newer collectors come in, I think you know there'll be. It seems like there will be more more opportunity. You know, so so and you know, obviously. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was. Oh, this one is actually. Oh no, I'm on the wrong. Where am I? <laughs> yeah, that's no, yeah, that's not yours. <laughs> um, I thought I opened it up. Let's see here. I thought I had your yeah, foundation you had it, as well. You had it before. I don't know where I put it. Um. My my question was going to be here. It is uh, this one. Okay, this sold as well. Emergence on foundation. So my my question was going to be: Do you have like a kind of something that like determines like what you're going to sell on what platform? Like, do, are are you like okay? Well, I'm going to put this kind of art on Maker's Place. This kind of art on Super Rare. This kind of art on Foundation. Or is it just kind of like whatever you're feeling at the moment? Uh, I mean, I think at that time, I um, I was I just gotten it on foundation and just wanted to feel it out. But then, like a week later, I got on super rare, so I kind of regretted not mm-hmm. putting it on there. But um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, you know, as as anyone says, it's like everything is so unpredictable, and you know, uh, I guess it's a bit of a learning curve as well, just figuring out how how everything works, you know, and um, I, you know, I, I, 
I, or I, I can't tell you what the best way to do anything really is because it is sort of very um, elusive, you know. Yeah, some um, people just end up with a following on one particular platform, and it's like, okay, this mm-hmm. is where I'm, this is where the collectors are, this is where my fans are, whatever, and it's just gonna stick here. I just know that like Foundation was a little bit easier to get into at first, and I feel like yeah. it got a little more flooded, um, mm-hmm. which isn't. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, depending on how your website is organized. Yeah, um, yeah. But it did feel like people were treating or are treating recently foundation. It, it feels a little more super, uh, not, uh, it feels a little more um, rareable ish. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Really yeah, how I to mean, I, that, I but, think, you know, I mean, I think like the. The good thing about Maker's Place and Super Rare is that you have more control about like how you sell, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the selling mechanics. You know, you can set up auctions. You're not just forced to like, uh, you know, have a 24-hour auction. You know, where mm-hmm. at the end, like you're sort of at the mercy of you know whatever happens. You know, where you have a little bit more control the other places. Um, and yeah. Maker's Place, for instance, you can do additions and, and stuff like that. So. Um, I think uh, a, yeah, it's, a question that comes I, up a lot uh, with me is like, if I want to do an NFT, do I make something or do I take something that I've already made, not necessarily a client project, but like a personal project, do I put that out there or do I start on something that is specifically because it's going to be an NFT, you know? Like, I think a lot of people at first are minting these things they already had because they had them, you know, and then it's like these, okay, no, this is specifically to sell, um, you know, have you done any specifically to sell? Because everything I I see so far looks like it was something that you had already created. Um, I mean, uh, all the stuff I have on Super Rare and that piece on Foundation are are new pieces and the same with... um, those like shattering faces on, on maker's place. I mean, I think, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong or a right way. You know, I think if it's, you know, as long as it, it doesn't, uh, or it isn't licensed to someone else, I think right. it's fair game, you know? And I think obviously, uh, if you look at Cornelius's work, right, like that has a reverence with a lot of people in, in a lot of, uh, with a lot of people in the community. Right. And, and the same with, um, like, Roll Marx's work, for instance, you know, like where, where there is, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's fine to sell old work, you know, and I'm sure, I guess at least in, in the motion graphics community, there's certain people that are excited about some older pieces, you know, if it's stuff that, that they have sort of liked for years, but you know, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, everything is still so new. So I don't think there's necessarily a wrong or a right way to do it, you know, and, and as long as, I don't know, that, that I guess you represent yourself in the, in the best way possible, you know, and, and hopefully there will be a collector out there that, that's interested. Yeah. And I've mm-hmm. seen some people who, like, will put their older stuff on Rarible or somewhere just to kind of get an idea or experiment and see what's, what's working and then, like, really curate what they're putting out on those other platforms. Right, right. Or, or like like David Ariv, right? Like, I mean, a lot of his, his older pieces were, were really popular, right? And, mm-hmm. and did, did really well. Yeah, and then Rarible's yeah. where you go to get the, uh, you know, Beeple trading cards or something. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, 
at, at the moment, everyone's killing it on OpenSea, right? You know, like yeah. everyone's doing these fractionalized um, collections and I guess selling like like lower price, like high volume collections. Right. Yeah. It's very um, that's very OpenSea or rareable or or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's all. Do we have any other? No, we had the alien link. We already talked about that. Anything else, mm -hmm. Matt? Uh, no, that's it. That's it for me. All right. Uh, if you are dropping any NFTs, uh, uh, feel free to hit us up info at mograph.com and we'll shill them on the show. Um, yeah, let's get back into the regular show. All right. Drop, 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 drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. And we're back. Right. Thank you so All much right. for being on today. Yes, uh, Chris. We, well, we, uh, you know, we, Thank you so much for having me. We don't, we don't get to meet a lot of people in person anymore. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we've said a couple times, it's like we, we do these interviews and we catch up with some of our in real life friends and we're we're because of covid and everything we're we're meeting people for the first time via the show mm -hmm. so uh i know we've we've spoke briefly before and whatnot on skype yeah. in the past but it's always good to meet somebody new and and uh go down the rabbit hole of work and and uh talk more in depth because uh, until we get back to all these in real life meetups that's what we got to mm -hmm. do we got to keep that yep. that feeling of community and and fun and all of that going so we appreciate you taking Absolutely. the time and, and all of that yeah totally um, yeah thank thank you so much for having me I, I really appreciate it what do you got coming up what's what's next what's your next thing uh well a uh, few things uh well i guess not really much i can talk about like um <laughs> Currently uh, working with the, the good people at, at Elastic uh, for nice. for the next few months. So um, and there's hopefully uh, some of those some of the film TV projects I've been working on for the past two years <laughs> that hopefully comes out soon. So uh, we'll see. But so if you if people want to uh, just find out what's going on they're just going to have to subscribe to all your social media platforms mm -hmm. and find out uh yeah basically <laughs> yeah where can people find you online uh well my website is uh crispy.tv and my instagram is uh chris underscore yeah so. cool all right it's right down here right <laughs> yeah it's right there <laughs> but for the people listening just uh go check the show notes it'll be all in there you can get all the things there um, and also you could go and rate us on iTunes, leave a review podcatcher of choice that helps get our ratings up and subscribe to all the things, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, it goes out every month or so. There probably won't be one until after camp, just not going to be enough time to throw that in there. So, uh, subscribe to it though. And you can get all the updates on things you might've missed in the world of MoGraph.com. You can say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, the Fuel the Bab 2020 shirt, classic, all the profits from that. Go to Doctors Without Borders. The Render Things t-shirt, hoodie, and long sleeve tee. I'm sure you get that Render Things long sleeve and, and hoodie for the winter, the fall coming up. You can wear it with your yoga pants while you drink your PSL. <laughs> right. And uh, the That Render is Fire shirt, which you're only allowed to wear ironically. That's your shams. And uh, the, <laughs> I was waiting for you. 
the MoGraph blandishment yeah. shirt, uh, which is uh, also available on the site. I know there were some link problems with some of the merch, and I think I have fixed all of it at this point. The, uh, the Amazon links kind of went off and online quite a bit through COVID, so it seems like they're all back up and running, and I was able to get a shirt in two days. So mm-hmm. you can get it on Prime. And uh, that's it. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Go follow us on there. Come on. Got to help, help us beat uh, our follows, beat my daughter <laughs> on follows. Right. We're having a contest. Right. Well, follow us on all the things. We're going to get out of mm-hmm. here one more time. Thank you so much for being on, Chris. Yes, Chris. Thank you. Well, thank you, guys. And uh, we're <clears> going to get out of here. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. Have a good one. Later, yo. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.